sort of. We've been talking about faith. Do we need it? What Ray said this morning around the table, all so true. God asked us as Christians to go against what human nature would have us to, to do. If you want to be rich, give. If you want to be exalted, humble yourself. Those are things that the world cries out, what are you Christians doing? Don't you know that there's a better way? Look at us. What they don't understand is what we're desiring is something deeper, something better, and something not temporary, but eternal. We want a, a, a true love. Not just a worldly love or a lustful love. We want a, a Christianity that helps us, that means something to us, to our families, that produces something in our lives that changes the world. And so it is our faith that is that victory that overcomes the world. We often sing the song, number 469, Encamped along the hills of light, you Christian soldiers rise and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies. Against the foe in veils below, let all our strength be hurled. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Yes, faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And your faith in a God who is able and willing and ready, my faith in God, the only true and living God, that's ready, willing, and able to help us, assist us, give us wisdom and provide for us for whatever we need personally, as a family, as a congregation, in your career, in your business, in your home, in this community, in the world, wherever we are, faith is that victory. We've looked at six benefits of faith. Let me just quickly go over the the five, and then we're going to finish out today. Faith determines what God can do in your life and my life. Faith can solve what seems like impossible problems. Faith is the key to having our prayers answered. How many times has God in the Scripture, and we covered some of these in, in our lessons, how many times has God said to us, be it done to you according to your faith. Or do you believe I can do this for you? Yes or no? And the person said yes. Well then be it done to you according to whether you believe or not. Faith is the secret 
to achievement. If we're going to achieve anything, if we're going to be uh, accomplishing anything in your life, young or old, it's going to be because of our faith in God, our faith in His Word, our faith in the church He established, our faith in the Christian life that we live. Faith is the way to please God. It's the only way to please God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. I mean, that's pretty plain, is it not? Well, I want to please God, but I don't want to trust Him or believe in Him. Well, you, it can't be done. The Scriptures tell us, God tells us, it's impossible to please Him. For those of us who come to God must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Now finally, number six, faith produces success in life. Our faith in God is the victory for us. It's the victory in this life. And it's the victory in the life to come. King David, when he wrote the 23rd Psalm, in the last verse, he said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Is that not success? Having goodness and mercy follow you in your life speaks of the success that you're having in your life. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Is that not success? Success in this life, the success in the life to come, the eternal life, the everlasting life that we'll enjoy through our faith in God who is the, which is the victory that overcomes the world. I believe in God. I believe in the Son of God. I believe in the Holy Spirit of God as He speaks to us in His revealed Word. I believe in the church that Jesus purchased with His own blood, which means I believe in you and you believe in me because we're the church. We trust each other. Have you, has, has, any ever, has any Christian ever let you down? <laughs> you know it. We're all just human. Christians have let me down too. But we're still family. Let me ask you this. Those of you who have brothers and sisters, not spiritual brothers and sisters, we're not talking about those in the church, we're talking about just physical brothers and sisters. I have an older sister and two younger brothers. Have your brothers or sisters ever let you down? Have you disowned them? Maybe you have. I don't, you don't need to do that. But we all let each other down. Have you ever let anybody down? Have you ever said you'd be there and then you forgot? Have you ever said you would pay it but couldn't? 
Have you ever said you would help and fully intended to, but didn't? We all have come short of the glory of God. Doesn't the Scriptures tell us that? That all have sinned? None of us have met the expectations of God. One thing stands true. My faith in God and your faith in God is what produces success in our life. Do you, want to be a, do you want to have a successful relationship in your marriage? Yes or no? Yes. I do. My faith in God produces that. Because I will go to God for advice. Psalm 1, he says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful or scoffer. But the one who's blessed, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. This person will have success. He said, he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bearing fruit in season, whose leaf will not wither, and whatever he does, whatever she does, will prosper. I want success in my life. So if I want to have a better marriage, I will go and see what God would have me to be to have that. So my faith in God, my belief in Him, my trust in Him to direct me to have success, my faith in what He directs me to do. Ephesians chapter 5, a few verses down. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her. Husband, love your wife. How, how do I love Cindy? Men, how do we love our wives? Well, as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He gave everything for her. He provided for her. He protects her. He loves her. He tells her that and He shows her that. Okay, men who are husbands, love your wife like that. And you'll have success. As a wife, ladies, if you have a husband, how could you have a successful relationship with him? Well, wives, same passage, just a verse or two up or down. Ephesians 5. Wives, submit to your husband as unto the Lord. And of course... In that passage, he directs us to love one another. Do you want a successful relationship, ladies? Do you want a successful marriage? Well, Mickey, you just don't know my husband. I may not know your husband, but I know what this book says. Give it a try. My wife has followed me around for 30 years. I say, hey, how about let's go into Kentucky? She said, okay. 
How about let's go into South Carolina? How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Hey, would you like to live in Florida? Florida? Let's go. How about going back to Arkansas to be around our kids and grandchildren? I think that's a great idea. This is what we need to do. Okay. She knows I would never ask her to do something that would hurt her or cause harm to her or to our family. Men, if our women, our wives, trust us, they'll submit to us. Are we living our lives, men, loving our wives the way we should, as Christ loved the church? Because I find when I love her as Christ loved the church, she has no difficulty at all in answering with a response that Christ would have her respond to. When I misbehave, it makes it hard on her. And when she misbehaves, it makes it hard on me. If she's not following God's directives, we have a difficult time. If I'm not following God's directives, we have a difficult time. But if I'm following God's directive and she's following God's directive, we have it made in the shade. We're just moving along in our relationship. She's smiling and I'm smiling and God's smiling and the whole world's smiling on us. But when I leave the way or she leaves the way or we both leave the way, we have a rocky road to travel. So I've got to make some changes in myself to be that which God would have me to be in my faith so that it would produce success in our relationship. If you have children, do you need great faith to bring your children up in the way they should go? Don't, don't you want the Scripture to apply to you? Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he's old, he will not depart from it. I mean, many of us, we want our children to be respectful and loving and kind and generous and intelligent and loving but are we are we that way in front of them are we training them up in those characteristics and I want even as a grandfather and as a grandmother we we want to make sure we behave as mature grandparents in front of our grandchildren so that they would see faith in us and and then desire that faith in themselves because if if grandmother and grandfather have a good relationship children look at that and go you know let's do like that and grandchildren will look at that and go let's do like that success breeds success doesn't it surely it does and then God would point us in that direction of the faith that we should have in Him to be the kind of people we need to be. Now, let's look at this text, 1 John chapter 5, 
in 1 through 5, we're just going to look at three things. And I'm sure you'll think, wow, this is really what we need. Number one, in that text, it says, whoever believes, that's faith, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Don't stop there. Everyone who loves the Father also loves the Son. There's the authority. Our teenage class this morning, we spoke about authority. And the authority that says to us, who says so? Well, God the Father, we understand. But if we love God the Father, we will also love God the Son. Then he says, by this we know that we love the children of God. Remember, Jesus gave himself for the human race. And those of us with like precious faith have committed ourselves to him. We have a love here. So we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. There are three words here that make our point. Faith always shows itself in love. And love shows itself in doing what it's supposed to do in obedience. This is the key to a successful Christian life. We trust God and we show that trust by our allegiance or love for Him. We're keeping the supreme command that Jesus spoke about. Remember when someone asked Him a question? What is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus answered something peculiar, in a way that was peculiar. They expected for him to say, well, you shall have no other gods before me, or you shall not make an, an idol, or you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, or maybe uh, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy, or honor your parents, or you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not lie, you shall not steal, you shall not covet anything that belongs to anybody. One of the Ten Commandments. But instead, Jesus just lumped it all together and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. And then he added, a second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then a few days later in John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus says, a new commandment I give you. Not new in the command, but new in the intensity new in the direction. No longer are we to love others as we love ourselves. He said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. So love you one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. So here we have loving God supremely and loving others as Christ loved and gave Himself for. And that's how we live the Christian life, 
showing our faith in God in love. So, Hebrews 11, verse 6, But without faith you can't please Him, it's impossible. He who comes to God must believe that He is. That's a verbal assent. That's a, a mental assent. That's me, me saying, you know, I believe in God. But trust goes another step. We must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. There's an active part of faith. So I have faith in God, but that faith shows itself in how I love. Do I love God supremely? Does He know that? Do others know that about you, about me? We talk about believing in God. We talk about being a Christian. But do the people in our family, the people where we work, do they know we're Christians? What's that song that we often sing at Vacation Bible School? They'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love, and they'll know we are Christians by our love. But then there's, a, there's another word he includes in this passage in verse 1 and 2. He says at the end, and this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. John 15 verse 14 and 14 verse 15 both have the same command in them. If you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. And if you're, a, you're my friend, you'll do what I ask you. Jesus is even amazed uh, at, from time to time in the Sermon on the Mount in the latter part of it, he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and then not do what I say? In Matthew 7, verse 21, he said, Many will come to me in that day, saying, Have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done all of these things in your name? They're saying, Have we not obeyed you? He said, I will, I will say to them, Depart from me. I never knew you. Why? You see, my faith in God shows itself in my love for God and my love for people. Especially my family, my Christian family. How I think about you, how I talk about you, how I defend you or not. How I want the best for you or not. Those are all, those are all ways that we show our faith. And of course, we show our love through doing what God tells us to do. Why do you call me Lord? Why do you profess your faith in me? Why do you talk about loving me and then not obey me? Whatever Jesus said to do, because he's been given the authority, what, would we, what should we do? Do it. Lord, what will you have me to do? Did Jesus ever say that? Did Jesus ever say, not my will, but your will be done? Did he ever say that? You know, he said it over and over and over again. Not my will be done, your will. I come to do your will, O Lord, O Father. If there's another way, let this cup pass from me. But not, not, not my will be done, but yours. I'm ready to go. Just send me. I'm ready to do it. I know you'll provide. I know you'll... 
see me through because my faith is in you. I believe in you. I trust you. And I'm showing that through my love for you and your people. And I show that love by doing what you asked me to do. Look at the second part of that verse. Verse 3. Faith that is shown in love, that is shown in obedience, it's not a curse, but a blessing. This morning in the class, we, we talked about the speed limit in a school zone. Now, speed limit in a school zone is usually 15. I know where Buddy lives in, in his place, I think it's speed limit 10. So I guess children can get out of the way quicker than older people, right? But we talked in a teenage class this morning about why someone up in the government decided they're going to put a speed limit in a school zone that will rob us of our freedom. I mean, we live in a free country. Shouldn't we drive as fast as we want to? Right? I mean, come on. I mean, we're free. Our freedom has been purchased with the blood of, of our forefathers. We should be able to drive as fast. When, you know, when the, the teenagers are like, uh, Mickey, you've lost your mind. There's little children walking down the side. And we never know when a five, four or five or six-year-old going to see a puppy on the other side of the road and dart across the road in front of a car. You're supposed to drive slow. You see, the, the, the laws that God has put in place are not there to rob us of our freedom or to be a curse to us. They're to be a help to us. Why would God ask us to trust Him? Why would God ask, to, ask us to confess Him? Why would God ask us to turn away from sin? Why would God ask us to, when we speak, let the words come out of our mouth that are pleasing and full of grace and kindness. Why would he ask us to do those kind of things and, and, and watch and discipline ourselves in the world? Watch what we see and watch what we hear. Watch where we go and watch what we do. Why would he make all of these rules for us? Well, those rules are for our good. Those rules are for success in life. And I find when you keep the rules, you have success. I was watching NASCAR uh, Friday night. And it was a very exciting race. Some of you like, okay, cars going round and round and round. Okay? But I tend to like that. Well, two drivers, and this was the final lap in the race. Two drivers were, I mean, they were fighting it out door to door. It's just, I mean, bumper to bumper. Not, not bumper to bumper, door to door. So, you know, the final lap coming around the final turn. Well, the, the car right be behind the two saw them kind of duking it out. He made his move to the left and around both cars and what he thought was won the race. But there was a big problem. He did go across the finish line first. But he went down on a yellow line, a double yellow line around the track. 
when he was passing the two cars, his tire went into that double yellow line and came back. And he won the race. Only he was disqualified. Because there's a rule. And the rule is you can't go past the yellow line, double yellow line to improve your position. Now you can go down on the double yellow line to save the car. Or if, if someone's about to run over you, you can go down there, but you cannot improve your position. You have to stay on the track. And unfortunately, this fellow, boy, he was ready to do his burnout and get his flag, and uh, no. And it was disappointing. The, why are those rules there? Well, for safety. And those rules are for everyone. And those rules are not a curse. Those rules are a blessing. If we want our lives to be successful, then our faith in God must show itself in love, which shows itself in doing what God would have us to do, in obeying His commandments. Dan, what was it yesterday, one of the speakers... We had the opportunity to take the bus up to Palmyra and they had a seminar, uh, had some speakers come from the Brown Trail School of Preaching, I think it's out in Texas, and did a seminar on uh, what, what it means to be spiritually numb and how to come away from that. But do you remember what the speaker said? He didn't use the word command, he used the word something else. It was like, we don't want to use the word command, we just want to use the word precept and I was like I guess I'm an old timey preacher because I do not mind at Watterson Trail saying that God has commandments and a commandment must be obeyed now it could be that one of the reasons we stay small here at Watterson Trail is your preacher preaches the oracles of God. That could be. But so be it, right? Doesn't God have commandments? And doesn't He expect us to keep them? Do, not, do we want to have successful a successful life? Don't we want to have the faith that overcomes the world? That faith must show itself in love, and that love must show itself in obedience my daughter on the door she has a sheet of paper on the door going from her kitchen into the garage where they all an exit on that door for her two children and my grandchildren it says have you done your chores big piece of paper with big writing have you, fin I think it's, have you finished your chores? It's a reminder that they have a job to do. That there's laws that are within a family. If we're going to have a successful family, the daddy does his job, the mother does her job, the sister does her job, and the brother does her job. We have got a successful family. But when someone lets down, we have troubles. 
Could we say that that's the same as, same as true in the church? When we're all working together in unity and harmony, in faith that shows itself in love, that shows itself by doing what God would have us to do, while this is like a well-oiled machine running. People will see our good works, they'll glorify the Father, and they'll say, I want to be a part of that church because they're faithful and their faith is shown in love. And when they live their life, if they tell you they do something, they'll do it. Finally, this is verse 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Our faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Who is he who over, uh, uh, who is it that overcomes the world? Or who is he that overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Our faith is the victory. Us believing and then living our lives like we do. And then the people will see us being faithful, loving, and obedient. They'll see success all around us. As a tree planted by the rivers of water, mercy, goodness and mercy following us all the days of our life. Then one day, when we hear that trumpet sound, and we hear the archangel, and we hear a shout, we'll all rise to meet Him in the air. Jesus. And forever we'll be with Him. Then when, and I don't know how it's going to be, but when we, when we stand at the pearly gate, as they say, we'll hear Him say, Well done, you good and faithful servant. Notice that, you good and faithful servant. Our faith, our faith in God is what overcomes the world for us. If you don't have that kind of faith, make a change. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. He'll go in and out. I'll take care of him. He'll go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly, more abundantly. That's that successful life that we talked about today. A life that's, that has faith in God, shown in love for God, shown in doing what God would ask us to do. If you have a need, you can come forward this morning as we stand together, as we sing.